chapter 5, starting in verse 1, many of you you have probably already recognized that is the Beatitudes, and that's what we're going to be looking into today. So can we turn to Matthew chapter 5, and as you do, I want to share a little bit about uh, some of the earlier years of my life, and one of the things that that I went through, and uh, as as a kid, my mom was actually... Uh, dorm parents, my parents were actually dorm parents at an all-girls school uh, for teenage girls. And uh, I was a young, young, young boy, and we had an apartment kind of attached to the campus. And uh, it was always interesting to be able to go out and see the reactions of all these teenage girls because, of course, I was so cute. You know, I was, I was adorable. And, uh, and one of the things that I used to do as a kid is I used to pretend to be Superman. I, I for some reason had this, I don't know, because I don't know if you realize, Superman's actually the best character there is. You know, out of all the superheroes, Superman's the best because his powers go so far beyond anybody else's. And so I wanted to be Superman. As a matter of fact, I went as far as, because my parents really didn't have that much money, I went as far as to buy blue pajama pants, and I would put blue pajama pants on, and then I would take red underwear and take red underwear and put them over the blue pajama pants. And then I would take this, you know, cape that was really just a blanket, and I would take a pin, and I would pin it up, and I would run around this all-girls dormitory. Ah, I'm Superman, I'm Superman. You can, you know, you could probably see how much attention I got and how adorable I must have looked. But I was so thinking that I was like Superman. I tried so hard to become like him. There was times I would even go outside, and I would kind of jump as high as I could just to see if I might possibly be able to fly. It hasn't worked yet. I'm still trying, but without the red underwear. But uh, no, but I wanted to be Superman so bad, and I pursued being like Superman. And my question for you today is who do you long to be like? Who do you long to be like? And of course, as Christians, we can obviously understand the answer well, we're supposed to long to be like Christ. Well, if that's the case, how are you longing to be like Christ? How are we as Christians today longing to be like Christ? And we're going to go into a little bit, kind of a different viewpoint of the Beatitudes, seeing how Christ is showing us to be like him through what he's saying. So starting in verse 1, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, let's read it together. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Can we pray this evening? Father, we thank you that we can look to you, God, and see the best example there ever was and there ever will be. And we can look upon your life, God, and learn about you and learn how you walked this earth and learn the purposes for which you lived and the purposes for which you died. And God, tonight I pray as we look to you and your life, Lord, that you would show us how we can live ours and how we should live ours. And Lord, I pray that when we walk out these doors, God, our hearts and our eyes would be open to new ways and new visions of ways to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, later on in Matthew, after the Beatitudes, in chapter, 20, in, in chapter 25, Jesus describes in a parable this. He describes to the disciples, he says to them, you know, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, 
You gave me drink when I was naked. You clothed me. And, and if you could just picture this, nowadays we can look at stories and parables like this and say, you know, we can, and we can look at it and say, well, this makes sense. You know, we know the theology behind it and different things. But imagine how the disciples felt as Jesus is telling them this story. Uh, wait, Jesus, we never fed you when you were hungry. We never gave you drink when you were thirsty. We never clothed you when you were naked. What are you talking about, Jesus? And in, in Matthew 25, 40, he responds like this. He says, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. I want us to get a couple things out of this. First, I want us to see it literally, what Jesus is trying to say by this. First of all, he's literally trying to tell us that giving to the poor is as giving unto God. He's literally trying to say to us that, you know, when we're going to a Cubs game or a Sox game or, you know, they, they're both terrible, but, but you know what I mean. So you're going to one of those games and all of a sudden you see this homeless, homeless person on the side and you have some extra food on you. So you give this homeless person your food and in that you are literally as if giving it unto God. He wants to say this in a literal sense, but there's another purpose. There's another point that I want us to pull from this portion of scripture and a more of a deeper visual of it. Jesus is doing this. He is identifying himself as poor. He is identifying himself as poor. And in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul talks about how he was rich, but he made himself poor. So it's kind of a different way to look at this. Jesus is not only saying when you give into the poor, you're giving into me. He's saying when you're that I literally made myself poor. And when he came to this earth, from heaven, he made himself poor. And when he went to the cross, he made himself poor for us. Now, when we were in Atlanta on a missions trip with several of our students, we got together and we gathered a bunch of sandwiches and we put them in bags and we went out and we hit the streets where we were face-to-face with homeless people that had nothing. We, had, we were face-to-face with people that, that really knew nothing of Jesus, but they knew and they saw that we had sandwiches, and so we gave them these sandwiches. And, and there was something interesting about these people. They were so hungry and they were so desperate for that food. They would have done anything to get it. As a matter of fact, hear about Jesus Christ was one of the ways that they could receive food. And what I want to ask you today is, are you desperate for God? Because I think when Jesus is telling us that he became poor, he's telling us to do something as well. He's telling us to become, as in the Beatitudes, it states, poor in spirit. And think about those who are homeless and those who are poor. Uh, who, who else would mourn more than those who are homeless? Who are, who are more meek than the homeless? Who are more hungry and who are more thirsty than the homeless? And the poor, Jesus is telling us to become in this state of mind that you would do anything to get me. As these homeless people would do anything just to get a bite of one of those sandwiches, do we have the heart's desire to go and do anything out for Jesus Christ? That we hunger and our hearts literally thirst for more of him. Jesus is saying, I became poor. I am poor. I made myself poor. And he's telling us and he's calling us to make ourselves poor and be desperate for him. And the first big point I want us to to come to the conclusion of is to become like Christ, we must get desperate. We must get desperate. To become like Christ, we must get desperate. In Mark chapter 10, he tells us, Jesus tells us a story of this this young rich man, and, and this man comes up to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, I'll do anything to have eternal life. What do I need to do? And he's, Jesus is like, well, do you know the Ten Commandments? And, oh, I know the Ten Commandments. I've lived those out since I was a boy. And Jesus says this. He says, well, then all you have to do is you have to give all your possessions to the poor, and you can follow me. 
And the Bible describes this, this young man who is rich, walking away in sadness. And then Jesus mentions how difficult it is for a rich man to get to heaven. And how difficult it is for us as Christians when we're so convenienced and so rich and we allow ourselves to be so fulfilled by so many other things that we don't make ourselves poor, we don't make ourselves desperate for him because we're satisfied with everything else. Jesus is stating something. He made himself poor and he's calling us as his people to become poor and to become desperate for him. We're never going to become like Jesus until we make ourselves poor, until we become desperate for Jesus Christ. Continuing in the Beatitudes in verse 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now later on in Matthew again, in chapter 18, the disciples asked Jesus this question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And all the disciples are kind of standing around and say, hey, you know, Jesus, out of all of us, who, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And for those of us who know the story, Jesus is, is kind of looking around and he spots this young boy and he asks this young child to step in with these disciples. And out of all these disciples, he points at the, he points at the little child and he says, him. He is the greatest. And look at what Jesus says more specifically. He says this in Matthew 18, 4 through 5. He says, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name, listen to this, welcomes me. Now, two things come out of this verse. In the literal sense, we can see that Jesus is saying, when we welcome little children, it is like welcoming, welcoming him. When we serve little children and we have kids' church and we are serving uh, abandoned children and, and homeless children, when we do all these things for the young, it is like doing it unto Christ. But there's a second point and a deeper position that I want us to get from this verse. Jesus is identifying himself with this child. And I want us to see it in the light because Jesus, when he lived his life, he could have just came down and says, I'm God, follow me, period. Let me just do what I got to do. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to leave, and you all just leave me alone. But he didn't do that. He wanted to paint us a picture of how to live our lives. And so in this, what Jesus is saying, and Jesus is so cool when he does this. You know, sometimes Jesus, he could just as easily came up and just said what he needed to say and be done, but he displays it in a story form. He displays it in such a way that we can learn something from it. You know, what Jesus is really trying to say is when you welcome the child, you welcome me, is he's literally saying that he is like that child, and he is calling, the, he is calling this child great. In essence, he's calling himself great. When the disciples go up and ask, who is the greatest among all of us? If Jesus really wanted to keep it simple, he would have said, me. I'm the greatest. But he didn't. You know why? Because Jesus was trying to display something for us. He was trying to display humility. Let me explain it in this way. How many people watch American Idol? American Idol. Not too many. Good. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's really not a great show anyways. But, uh, but there's, all, you know, there's all these contestants, all these singers, and for those of you who don't know, uh, there's a guy named Simon who is kind of like the head honcho of, of all of the, uh, the, the judges. He's one of the judges that judge these people who sing. And, and so it would be as if at American Idol, all the contestants that ever came forward got up on stage and they said, Hey, Simon, out of all of us, who is the greatest? We just, we just kind of want to know. We know different people won and different things like that. But out of all of us, who is the greatest singer, really? Could you just tell us? 
And they're all standing there, and Simon just kind of sits there with his mean grin, as he's always kind of mean if you watch the show. And, and there's this, and he kind of peeks around, and he sees this little child in the corner, and this, this kid has an I Love Simon t-shirt on. And he kind of looks over at him, and, and because, you know, Simon is a little bit into himself, he goes, hey, kid, why don't you jump up on stage? And the kid's over there just kind of picking his nose. He's like, what? What? So, hey, kid, why don't you just jump up on stage? Okay, and, and the kid gets up there on stage, and he's like, out of all of you, I say that that kid is the greatest. What? Are you kidding me, Simon? He didn't even sing. He wasn't even up here. He wasn't going through the countless weeks that we went through to get where we're supposed to. And you're saying he's the greatest? He is the greatest. And let me, let me show you why I'm going to help you to understand that he is the greatest, because he's recognized that I'm the greatest. He said he has an I love, t- he has an I love Simon t-shirt on. He knows that I'm the best there is and ever will be. And so because he knows that, and he's humbled himself and sat on the sidelines, he's the greatest. And let, my, let me show you myself through this child. And what a crazy picture as we, we kind of look at this and we view this in this way. What is Jesus trying to come apart saying in the Beatitudes specifically? He's saying, blessed are the merciful. Let me ask you this. Some of the most merciful people in the world are little children, aren't they? Some of the most forgiving people. You know, I've seen parents go up to their kids and, oh, you are the biggest dummy, blah, 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 all these different words. And then afterwards, I've seen them go up, you know, Johnny, I'm just so sorry for what I said to you. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to tell you that. And what do kids typically do? Maybe some of the brats don't do this, but some of the more humble kids will say, it's okay, mommy, I forgive you. It's okay, daddy. And Jesus is calling us. It's cool how Jesus just wraps all these things together and he wraps different stories and it's almost like a connect the dots game as you can see Jesus symbolize himself through these different people and through these different characters. And what he's saying is to make, become like a child, make yourself like a child in your humility and in your mercy, become like a child. And it's interesting because as we grow up, we come up with these cool sayings that say, well, if you mess with me once, then, you know, shame on you. But if you mess with me twice, shame on me. Where's forgiveness gone? Where's mercy gone? When Jesus is trying to tell us to have the mercy of a child, and blessed are the pure in heart. It's interesting how we tell our children and, and different people tell their children, you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't listen to that or watch that. You can't do that because you're not old enough yet. You know, you, you, you shouldn't watch that. It's not good for you. It's not healthy for you. But then we go into our own rooms and we watch movies and videos just like that and we think it's okay for us. You know, it's interesting throughout the scriptures that Jesus, as he's talking about children, he says to have the mind of an adult, but he says to have the heart Listen, he says to have the heart. He says to have, when in regards to sin, he says be like a child. In, in regards to our innocence, in regards to your innocence, be like a child. And we think it's okay for us as adults, you know, we're more mature, we can handle it. And we come up with excuses, but the fact and the reality is, and this may not go for everything, but for a lot of things, and we say, you shouldn't watch this as a child, we should really double check to see if that's even okay for us. Jesus is telling us something to become like a child as he has made himself symbol- symbolically look like a child in this way. We must become desperate when it comes to being like God, but there's something else we must do is to become like Christ. We must be humble. We must be humble in everything we do. In those situations where we, we get mad at people, in those situations where we don't want to forgive people, we got to become humble. In those, in those situations where we, don't, we, we think, oh, I'm man enough or I'm woman enough, I'm old enough to be able to watch this or do this or think this, 
We need to become humble and understand that we need to be pure in heart just as that child was. And in James 4, it says, to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, it's interesting. We look at this, going back to the American Idol story, you know, it wasn't the child that just jumped up on stage and said, I was it. It was Jesus that saw this humble child sitting on the sidelines, and it's Jesus is the one who says, child, go up on the stage, and I am going to make you great because you've recognized that I was great, and so I will make you great in the process. Do we understand that it's not us that steps in front of Jesus and says, Jesus, are we great? It's Jesus is the, that's the one that pulls us from the side, pulls us from the humble sidelines, and puts us on stage, and he says, because of me, I will make you great because you've made yourself Humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. To become like Christ, we must become humble. Continuing on in the Beatitudes in chapter 9, it said, Blessed blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, the, or blessed are you who people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now two things come to mind in this verse as well. The first, literally, we can take it, that Jesus is telling us to make peace, and he's telling us to endure persecution for his sake. Absolutely, as the Beatitude states it. But in a deeper level, I want us to understand it this way. That Jesus is identifying himself with you and me. He's identifying himself with us. And let me explain. When he says be peacemakers, when he said blessed are the peacemakers, he says for they will be called sons of God. Which is interesting to me because isn't it he who holds that name, Jesus Christ? Because Jesus is the son of God. And he's saying that when you become peacemakers, you will be called as I am called. When you, do, when you be, make peace, you will be like me in this way. Though we're not, I'm not saying it in, in a weird way. Don't, don't misunderstand me when I'm saying we're not going to be God, but we are being like God. He is calling us by name. Listen to this, and it, as it continues on, rejoice in persecution as the prophets did. And Jesus fully understood the persecution that the prophets took. But we know, but they didn't know at that point, that Jesus was also going to go through the most incredible form of persecution that anyone has ever gone through. And he was going to go through the cross. And even though he didn't state it at this point, he knew in the back of his mind as he was saying this, that he was going to face persecution like nobody else did, that he was going to go to the cross for us. And throughout the Gospels, it says to us as his followers, take up your cross and follow me. Isn't that interesting that Jesus is calling us to do something that he was going to do? Isn't it interesting that Jesus is calling us sons of God when he is the son of God? Now, again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we need to become God because we can't. It's not possible. Don't even think about it. I wouldn't want to be God. But in every way, I want to be like him. In every single way, I desire and I yearn to become like Jesus Christ. It should be our heart's desire. We should be desperate for it. Absolutely, we need to make ourselves humble and understand that it's him who makes us great. But in order to be like God, in order to be like Christ, we must do one more thing, and that is die to self. In order to become like Christ, we must die 
to self. In Luke 9.23, it says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Now let's go back through these verses with this new understanding in, in verse 9 when it says, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, I find it interesting. We even read verses like this, and we know what's right, but it's interesting to me how many Christians we see out there, and even sometimes we can see it in ourselves. We're not making peace a lot of times, are we? As a matter of fact, I've been through a lot of different youth group gossip quarrels. Is that making peace? No, it's not. And it's interesting that the next part even goes into persecution because sometimes, even under persecution, instead of trying to make peace, we try and fight back persecution with other persecution. In other words, somebody's trying to tell you that your faith is wrong because of this, and instead of showing them Christ's love, instead of in peace showing them that we have the truth, we try and fight it back. That's not how Jesus did it, was it? As a matter of fact, on the cross, as Jesus was spat upon, as he was rebuked, as he was beaten, as he had the crown of thorns placed on his head, what was it that Jesus said? He said, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. What kind of hearts do we have in this world? Are we making peace? Are we being peacemakers as God is calling us to be? And I'll take it even further. Some of you may say, well, you know what? I don't really go through persecution that much. And part of you wants to think, and maybe that's a good thing, but the question I have for you is if you're not going through persecution, how much are you looking like Jesus Christ? And I don't say that to be judgmental because I look at it myself sometimes when I'm around people outside of this church because I work in a Christian environment. I went to a Christian college and I do all these things. And when I get out into the world, sometimes I, I feel what it's like to easily want to slip in to be normal. But the, the, the realistic thing is this, that unless we are putting our pajama pants on, unless we're putting that red underwear on and putting that cape on, and not necessarily going out with our super Christian t-shirt, but going out there in love and giving life and giving truth to the people outside in this world, what are we really doing for Jesus Christ? I'm not doing this to judge you, but I'm doing it to test you, and I want you to look into your own heart and into your own life. Because Jesus say that we, says that we will be persecuted. And if we're not, who are we dressing up like? Who are we longing to become? Is it Jesus or is it just like everybody else? In order to become like Christ, we must be desperate. In order to become like Christ, we must be humble. In order to become like Christ, we need to die to ourselves. We need to understand it's not about us. When we get around people that are mocking us and putting us down and we feel like we want to say something back, it's not about us. It's time to die to self and in love and in peace show them the truth. You know, Jesus' death was the perfect portrayal of all of these Beatitudes together. And it's an interesting picture how Jesus circles everything around the cross and we can look at it in this way because it was on the cross, listen, that he became poor. It was on the cross 
that he mourned. It was on the cross that he made himself meek. It was on the cross that he was hungry and he was thirsty, but he took nothing to drink. It was on the cross that he had mercy for the thief that was next to him and he showed his love and his life and gave him eternal life in the process. It was on the cross that he was pure in heart, living a sinless life and taking all of our sin upon himself. It was on the cross that he administered peace. He was the God of peace and he administered peace to Mary as he was as he was sitting there, his mother Mary giving her peace, and it was on the cross that he endured the greatest form of persecution the world had ever seen and will ever see. It was on the cross that Jesus showed us, and it was through Jesus' life that he showed us in every single way to be like him. And I encourage you, as you read the Bible and you read the stories of Jesus and you hear his parables and you hear what he's trying to say, would you look deeper into it? Would you think deeper and say, God, how do you want me to live from this story? How do you want me to understand this so I can take it into my own heart and live like you lived? Because it's my ultimate goal to be like you. You know, when I was a kid, I I so wanted to be Superman. I so wanted everything in my heart, just wanted to be just like Superman. But the problem was this, that I... I didn't have the chemical makeup of Superman. And I wasn't made in the image of Superman. But you and me, folks, I want us to understand this today, that we were made in the image of God. We were designed to yearn to be more like Him in our everyday life, in our prayer life, that we would seek, oh God, would you make me more like you? God, the way that I talk, the way that I think, the way that I, the, the way that I do things, the way that I communicate with my family, the way that I talk to coworkers, God, the way that I tell my stories, God, I want it to be like you. Not like me. I need to die to me because I just, I do so many stupid things. If I would die to myself and take on the life of Christ, how much greater would life be? If I would humble myself and stop trying to live off of my own pride, how much closer to what I'd be to acting like Christ. And if I would try and put these childish things that try and satisfy my time aside, and I would become poor, I would make myself poor and hunger and thirst after Christ, how much more like him would I look? And I want to ask us this today, and I want this to resonate in our minds before we watch a short video. Do you long to look like Jesus Christ? Now, I know a lot of us are churchgoers, and, you know, we understand the story, and, and messages like this can sometimes slip by our mind, but, but can we look in a spiritual mirror for a second? And can we see something? In our everyday life, are we longing to look like Jesus Christ? Are we desperate for it? Are we willing to humble ourselves for it? Are we willing to die to ourselves for it? Because until we do that, we'll never fully grasp what living this life like Jesus Christ is. Until we put ourselves aside, we'll never grasp and we'll never understand living fully in the image of God as human beings on this planet. Let's watch this short video. To become like Christ, we need to get desperate. To become like Christ, we need to be humble. 
and to become like Christ, we need to die to self and live our lives striving to live like Him. I come to you, poor, poor in spirit. I come to you, poor, from my heart. Come to you, because Lord, I need you. I come hungry. I'm so hungry for more of you, more of you, more of you.
Let's bow our heads, shall we? Dear Lord, help us tonight to absorb the message that's from your word. And Lord, we want to save as we approach this communion service, Lord. We come because we want to be like you. We want to partake of your suffering or partake of your body, partake of your cleansing of the blood of Jesus. I just pray, O oh God, that you might help each one of us to lay down our life, put in practice the very things we've heard about, because that's what you said we should be like. Lord, the world, society, everything here puts us in another, another realm, but I pray, God, we'll come back to simplicity of your word and a pure life. We might be like you. Bless us, O oh Lord, tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.